On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk NFL. Next up, the Super Bowl. We're also going to talk a little bit of NBA. LeBron James did the worst acting job in history. Was it warranted? That, your emails, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. And as always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at Carolina Sports Talk. To be a part of the show, hit us up on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. You can also hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Yes, uh, Carolina Sports Talk Troll, I said .net, not .com, not .gov, .edu, none of that. It's .net. Deja vu, once again. But nonetheless, welcome me and my main man and yours, DJ High Star, rocking with your boy. What's goody with it, bro? What's good, bro? Man, cooling, dog. Cooling, man. How you been, dog? Chilling, chilling. Uh, had a... Um to pivot real quick this past weekend, I was going to finish off my homecoming tour down there in Morris. Shout out to Epsilon Lambda chapter of Omega Sci-Fi, but um, had, down there in Sumter, South Carolina. But went ahead and ended up going to uh, Columbia for a DJ gig, man. But um, everything turned out well. Uh, also, real quick, had to give my shoot my weekly shot, of course. Uh, what's up, Amy? Um, now, on this show, they did a top five for fast food. Uh-huh. And um, Amy kind of she expressed her affinity for Arby's and and Brent uh, Be Easy did as well. Okay. And I wanted to ask y'all um, um, if y'all ever heard about the uh, I guess urban myth that Arby's is really named Arby's because does anybody know? Hold, hold on, just before you give us the punchline on that because I am absolutely interested by y'all he is <laughs> referencing our panther reporter none other than my main man and yours e tina in the building rocking with the boys e what's good man um i'm i'm like my mind is blank now because he <laughs> <laughs> we left Sorry him on a cliffhanger that. with the uh with the fast food right yeah yeah yeah, well, how you been though, bro? We, we'll we'll get we'll because I'm bated breath waiting for the solution yeah, no, of why no, they call it Arby's. I, I, but. I apologize. Yeah, let's get the cadence going. Sorry. Uh, I, I've been all right, um, at least personally. But this past weekend, you know, uh, a friend of mine passed away while bull riding, so mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to send out my condolences to his family and stuff like that. But uh, we're we're good right here personally, though. Yeah, glad to hear that, man. Um, it's definitely rough when in sports when in uh, something that you had that tight camaraderie we saw it with the buffalo bills and damar hamlin um and so we the nation at that point kind of was going through the feelings with it although it may not have as many eyes as as that situation the love and the respect is no less there for you for your man so so we're definitely offering our condolences um to him and and to his family and to all of you who knew him and just hopefully you guys can continue on with his legacy 
and all that you do out there on that circuit, man. But glad to hear that you yourself are better, man. And uh, hopefully being back with you guys this week on the, on the show, man, can help ease a little bit of that stress, man. Always, always. It feels yes, good. Sir. My dog. Well, maybe you should go in um, for dinner tonight to help soothe yourself, get some Arby's. In fact, did you know, do you know why they call Arby's <laughs> Arby's? <laughs> all right, guys. You know, sans, sans the drum roll and all of that stuff. So you think about it. Arby's, R B, R B, roast beef. Mm. Voila. Mm. It's questions that need answers. But uh, yeah. You, I, roast I, beef. I, roast beefs and they couldn't really come out with a restaurant called roast beefs <laughs> hey man you going over to roast beefs no i don't know i'm thinking almost some regular beef today. like mm. and this week's things that you didn't thought think that you needed to know the more you know, you know. <laughs> well i'll tell you one thing i do know is that we had an exciting week in the nfl even though there were only two games that was definitely definitely some, well let's rephrase that Although there was only one and a half games, it definitely was yet still an exciting weekend. Championship weekend kicked off with the San Francisco 49ers falling to the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 31 to 7. And it was concluded with what was a much better game, even though it, it itself had its trash moments, namely the end, uh, with the Chiefs taking the Bengals 23 to 20. Um, fellas, um, Let's. I don't even want to talk about it, but let's start off with the 49ers and the Eagles game. Uh, for those of you who may have missed it, the San Francisco's the San Francisco 49ers third string quarterback, Mr. Brock Purdy, who has been the starter since week 14, just got injured in the game, had a, what I believe was a UCL injury in his elbow, was unable to go. And so the fourth stringer on his 13th team, Mr. Josh Johnson, went into the game and... It wasn't much of a game after that point, so much so that he ended up being concussed, getting knocked out. Brock Purdy came back in, but of course with a bum elbow, could not throw the ball, and it instantly looked like the Carolina Panthers were in the (laughs) NFC Championship, just handing the ball consistently over to Christian McCaffrey, who gave a valiant effort. So, Hi Star, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on uh, the Eagles and the Niners game? So, did you mention uh, between that... uh the stuff with the quarterbacks going down and before Brock Purdy coming back in, the downs that Christian McCaffrey had to play at quarterback. Did you, did no, you mention that just now? No, I didn't because I actually missed those. I, I believe there was there not. Eric, it, it was one. He oh, played okay. one down as a, as a QB. Yeah. But and then of course they started they they implemented the wildcat and different things like that as well. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I saw something on Instagram, and ever since I saw it, I couldn't get it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't unsee it. <laughs> yes, and you know, you could tell by the the chuckles that it is definitely. I mean, it's borderline considering, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a picture. I think um, it was the movie Color Purple, um, and it was uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character. And you know, nowadays they have great Photoshop skills, so they Photoshop. I think Colin Kaepernick's mm. face in there, and it said, "Until, Until you, you do, right, do by. right by me, for the <laughs> <laughs> So I could not stop thinking about that since then because what other luck mm. could you think of that that San Francisco runs into um, outside of you know the 
thinking like Jimmy G is our, our backup plan because we got Trey Lance. We want to go ahead and uh, cultivate him. That stuff happens with him and Jimmy G. You have this beautiful miracle season with this young guy. The next Tom Brady. Game the, I mean, just Mr. Irrelevant literally is his nickname. Mm-hmm. And then on the last game of the season, he hurts his elbow where he's forced not to be able to throw. Like it's like I said, I saw that meme and I could stop thinking about it. That, and, and but that, on the go ahead. That, and just to, to, to hit on that point real quick, if it, if it were any other position or any other team that that direct relevance wouldn't be there, but it, because it is the San Francisco 49ers and because of what they did to that guy, and it's, it's the quarterback position. It's that position, bro. Like, yeah, bro. Y'all got to like welcome him here as a consultant. Y'all got to give him a corner office. Uh, have like retired a number. It looked weird seeing a cornerback out there in that number. Anyway, they got to do something because otherwise, their luck is going to continue to be terrible. A fourth string quarterback who has been on his thirteenth team now. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. So but, I'm gonna go I'm gonna get to some of my things once we start getting to around the picks in the big game. Mm-hmm. Uh but on the other side, you know, shout out to our frat brother. And um, you know, I, just be remiss. The the guy works hard and he's representing our fraternity well. Mm-hmm. We need W's. Uh we need them bad <laughs> with a lot of things going on PR wise. But nevertheless, uh you know, I'll take that one and uh and be able to root for Jalen Hurts in the in the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. Uh, Itana, what were your thoughts on the San Francisco 49ers and the Eagles game? Well, I would like to start with uh, I was a believer in the Eagles all season long, if y'all don't remember. I would like to point that out. Um, (laughs) But I was really disappointed in myself because I I went against my initial thought. When they started off like 6-0 or something like that, I was I was one of the few people that was saying, yeah, this is this Eagles team is legit. Um, but I didn't pick them to win the Super Bowl, and I should have picked them to win the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that's one thing. The second thing is I feel really bad for Josh Johnson. He finally gets a chance to play some meaningful football in a meaningful game and um, really change um, the narrative around his career, kind of and. He just he fumbled the bag, <laughs> big <My>. time. <laughs> Literally, um, we were we were sitting there at work watching the game, and my boss, who is also a Panthers fan, so you know he was he was pulling for the Niners because of McCaffrey, and uh, Josh Johnson dropped the ball and gave it away. And so he comes running to the TV. He was like, what just happened? I told him that Josh dropped the ball. So we started making fun of Josh Johnson and how he wasn't prepared. He was like, oh, coach, you want me to go in? Me? No, you're tripping. I ain't ready. No, no. You're lying. You're lying. (laughs) And and then he got hurt. And, you know, Christian had to play quarterback for a little bit. And (laughs) that was stupid. But, uh, yeah, the whole jersey number thing, seeing 23 at quarterback wearing their coach band and everything that needs to go i think they need to go ahead and change his jersey number back to five if they're gonna be doing that literally but trey lance wears five out there so i yeah well he's irrelevant now because of mr irrelevant 
Well, oddly enough, you say that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that irrelevancy makes his way to Carolina. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, I do want to give some props to the Philadelphia Eagles because um, that team, get a truth. Um, now, there have been some conversations on social media this week um, on the Facebook page. I'm going to just start screenshotting some of the conversations we have on my Facebook page and just putting them on the show page so y'all can see, like, how it goes down. Like, I started to say it goes down in the DMs, but no, it goes down on the open wall in front of everybody. Um, I put up a post kind of echoing a conversation that we had last week that there are some football fans that really don't watch football out there. I saw that. Um, I saw that. And although I was talking about a select group of individuals, there was a young lady who took it personally, and she took that personally. Um, and I wasn't even talking to her and then proceeded to like subtweet me all up and down her thing for two consecutive days. I was like, hey, yo, I wasn't even talking to you. But since it applies and I've stepped on your toes now, let's go ahead and go ahead and get it real quick. Yeah. And so like it was like, no, there's so many fans out there who don't understand the game of football. The Philadelphia Eagles are like that. They very likely would have won the game regardless if 49ers were at full strength I still would have taken the Eagles in that game but it does not it just doesn't bode well to say oh they beat them down oh they I knew they were going to handle the Niners but you don't because you've not seen what it was would have happened at with Brock Purdy at full strength so yes it's a W you play who's in front of you all of that good stuff I just wanted to see a good game and that wasn't it watching the pieces of that that I did it was just like yeah no I'm good all the way on this here so that team is just too good, first of all. And I want to I want to throw something in there about fans since you brought it up. This is not 49ers and Eagles related or anything like that. It doesn't even have to do with the playoff team. It has to do with the Panthers. And I know we're going to talk about the Panthers in just a minute. And we're going to talk about what I'm about to talk about. But I want to do it this now. Has to do, this, has, this has to do <laughs> I know it. We're going to talk about what we're about to talk about. But, but I want to talk out. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get it out now. <laughs> um, it, it, it's about fans. I saw I saw um, this one fan post in a Panther group after we hired Frank Wright, and he said that he pretty much called the people that didn't like the Frank Wright hire um, fair weather fans, mm. and said that um, I can't remember everything he said word for word, but he was like, oh. If, um, y'all are going to be, or y'all are sitting here complaining about the hire or whatever, uh, but y'all are still, y'all are going to come back cheering when we win the Super Bowl or something like that, something stupid. And so me personally, I'm on the fence about the Frank Wright hire and I think it's, it's like 50, 50, but, uh, I went on there and I was like, you can't just call people fair weather fans. Cause we don't agree with a coaching hire that doesn't make you a fair weather fan but yeah some of these people so many people out here <laughs> they, and, and to quote uh the legendary stephen a smith i wouldn't call him legendary but nonetheless to quote stephen a smith some people shouldn't have mouths to talk about football because that like they're really just like nah y'all y'all sound dumb and and but i don't want to like keep bashing people even though they're dumb but we will <laughs> move on to the other side, the AFC Championship game, which was a little bit better of a game, although it ended in some controversy. Um, thoughts on Chiefs Bengals, um, and I'll, I'll start with you this time, Etana. 
Uh, I thought this was a very good game, and I love how people are trying to say it's rigged. Um, you know, there, 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 there was a there's a Super Bowl out there not too too long ago that just so happens to be represented on the shirt that I'm wearing right now. That was obviously, you know, could have been speculated as rigged, but no one wanted to talk about. It. So even if the game was rigged, why does it matter? It it doesn't. Um, secondly. Um, that was probably the best game I've watched all year. Um, and I'm so glad the Chiefs won. Oh, wow. That's why you thought it was the best game. Okay. Let's see where this is going. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> saying, I, I'm glad the Chiefs won. I don't like the Bengals. And I just. Why don't you like, what about the Bengals do you not like? I'm just not a fan. Mainly, mainly Joe Burrow and all them cats. No. <laughs> now I'll tell you one thing. I can give Etina this. When he don't like you, he don't like you. <laughs> Namely, Sunshine. Anybody from Clemson? <laughs> Is it just because, or do, do you not like them from the LSU days? Um, well, um, you see, I have more respect for Joe Burrow now. Um, I just feel like, like coming out of college, he was really cocky. And, you know, granted, he, he had a reason to be confident, but uh, not cocky. He, he celebrates a little bit too much. Like, you know, your your, your division is terrible. What is <laughs> happening? Uh, no, so basically what you're saying is because he reminds you of a Cam Newton, you don't like him? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Because a lot yes. that was a lot of people's argument with Cam Newton was that he celebrated to literally those exact like if you take the name out and put in Cam Newton, it, it's what happened. A lot of people say, "Oh, he up here dabbing all the time," and "Oh, I don't like him." He, he like he came out and he had a reason to be, but now nah, we he's like a lot of people's argument was that same thing with Cam Newton. It, it, well, then maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but you know. You say, I'll stand about what I said. Okay. <laughs> High start. What were your thoughts on the game? I mean, uh, I like I in the way that I had the 49ers off of emotion, I had the Bengals in a way off of emotion where I was trying to go against the grain. I had been it's just been too many close calls with the Bengals. Uh, namely last year that the like as far as it was starting to look like how they were last year when they built up the momentum um and so I had the Bengals so I uh, will get into the silver lining of my two losses because I lost the two battles but I didn't lose the war and I'll explain later um but uh yeah I I uh I enjoyed watching the game the the interesting thing was at the end of the game, did y'all catch the uh, the players going into the locker room and the linebacker from Cincinnati saying like, yo, man, why'd you run? Or why'd you touch the quarterback? No, I missed that. He was, yeah, the linebacker so, was uh, fussing at the D lineman. I, I did see him crying on the sideline though. So yeah. of course, right. The, the, the D lineman was crying, but um, there was a linebacker and it it ended up of course making making headlines the way that it happened um and who it was um but yeah nevertheless he was a uh, oh his name is Pratt uh from the Bengals 
Mm-hmm. And he pretty much screamed out, why would you touch the expletive quarterback while they were walking into the locker room? But cameras and stuff, of course, was right outside of the locker room. So it caught it. And, uh, you know, he's just painted as a bad teammate today. He got caught in the emotion of it. And, and I'm so sick wow. of that kind of stuff, man. At the end of the day, that's a valid question. Although I disagree with the call and I feel like it was a ticky-tacky call because his contact was initiated inbounds and his momentum that carried him out made it look worse than what it was. Honestly, it, I don't think it would have mattered because at that point in the game, it was already going to be what it was. That offensive line failed Joe Burrows. Um, now, it was very likely because um, the the Chiefs, they were sick of hearing about Burrowwood. They, <laughs> um, I'm so glad you brought that up. They, they, for those who may have missed it, uh, throughout the week, the pundits have named in some of his teammates, and he actually went along with it. So they're actually calling it Burrowhead Stadium oh, instead of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you me to get it right, just simply so you could get the pause in there. And I don't like you for it because I probably would have done the same thing. So Arrowhead Stadium has been named Burrowhead Stadium by the Cincinnati Bengals and all of them. Um, and I think they took that personally. Like, if you look at it, the Chiefs came out with some tenacity. It's like, yeah, we know you, you done got us a couple of times, but, like, that's not fake. Like, we're not who we are. And they very much, specifically on the defensive side, came out with a tenacity that I think uh, helped aid them to this victory on this side. Uh, all the way down to Patrick Mahomes' dad, who, if anybody's worried about Patrick Mahomes and whether or not he's yeah, black, black or white, exactly. you look at his dad and there's not even any question. It's not even a question. Like, Pops was out there, had the cigar in, in honor. <laughs> yeah, I'm smoking on that Joe Burrows tonight. I was like, really, Pops? Yeah, okay. That's what, okay. I see what you're doing there, Patrick. Okay, Patrick Sr. You, you, you Okay, we got you. But ultimately, uh, it was a good game, like you said, Eric. I wouldn't go quite as far as seeing the best game this season because, you know, I didn't like the outcome as much. Definitely wanted to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, we're going to have a good one. Uh, Super Bowl 57 will feature the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to do a little bit of quick pick them. Uh, starting with you, DJ Highstar. Give me your overview of the game. What are you thinking? And then uh, go ahead and give me your winner. All right. Well, first, <clears throat> I wanted to say again, uh, I lost the two battles last weekend, but we collectively won the war. And uh, I personally won the war. What are you talking about, DJ High Star? Well, I'll let you guys know. The show is called Carolina Sports Talk. So, along with this being known as the Andy Reid Bowl, okay, mm. also known as the Kelsey Bowl. What else? It is also can be now dubbed the North Charleston, South Carolina Bowl or the Fort Dorchester Bowl, if you really want to call it that. Okay, (laughs) this Super Bowl will feature Philadelphia's defensive end, Robert Quinn of Fort Dorchester High School Mm -hmm. and Kansas City Chiefs defensive end slash linebacker Carlos Dunlap of Fort Dorchester High School. Can we get a round of applause for that? It's a Fort Dorchester Bowl out here, guys. All right? So I don't even have to pick a winner because I've already won. <clears throat> All right. In all seriousness, though, right. <laughs> nah, I, I, I will uh, I'll, uh, pick the Eagles. I, I, I don't know. I just like the way that they've been playing this season. However, um, I'm going to let you guys pick. But while you guys are picking, I want you to mull over this. If Carlos Dunlap wins the Super Bowl, 
is he a Hall of Famer? Um, but go mm. ahead and uh, answer the you, you guys' questions. You know, think about that while you, while you answer the question. Okay. Dropping to you, Etana, what are your thoughts and who you, who you going with in the game? <laughs> and you can give me a score well, if you want. Well, I would like to also point out that this year's Super Bowl will feature from my hometown, Philadelphia Eagles, defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. Now, so. I will say this. Javon is that guy. Um, I don't know if you knew it or not. I actually recruited him um, to come to South Carolina State and play football. Yeah. So, shout out. Didn't know he had that level of connection there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so for that reason, are you rocking with the Eagles? Um, that's not the only reason, but it is a big reason. I'm taking the Eagles 17-16. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a very, very, very tight game between – Two offenses that can score whenever they want to. Um, and I, I don't want to call the Chiefs defense a top-tier defense because I don't really believe they are, but they did win the game against Cincinnati. So I'll give it to them. And, and, and I will say this, for that reason, because if it comes down to it too, for me, both teams have dynamic offenses. The, the Philadelphia Eagles, it, they are who they are. They, they've got, if I'm not mistaken, 37 rushing touchdowns this season, which is an NFL record. Their defense scored over 70, scored. They got over 70 sacks, which is also an NFL record. So they're balanced on both sides of the ball. As where Kansas City Chiefs offense is one of the most electric offenses in the league, I think their defense played like one of the best teams, like you alluded to just now, last week. But that was because they had a lot of emotional we ain't never lost. We're not going like we've never won against him and da da da. Pats never beat him. Um, they're calling like there was a lot built up into that, especially with them coming into Arrowhead. There was a lot that was just built up into that. And so for that reason alone, I think the their defense will have a letdown of a game, especially against Jalen Hurts. Shout out to the Bruz, who has had an amazing season with all of the the, the weapons that they've got. I'm, I'm going with um, with the Eagles as well, and I like that 17 16 score. And I'm going to see your 17-16, and I'm going to do your, uh, what you call it, the price is right and go up by one. I'm going to go 18-17. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to do a, uh, <laughs> let's go 21-13 Eagles. So, nice. um, I would also like to point out, as as uh, as Travis Kelsey likes to say, this is for the Eagles. You got to fight for your right to party. And Devontae Smith dropped the ball. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they had a picture of was uh, oh with an amazing beautiful catch but that wasn't really a catch but nonetheless <laughs> yep so that's going to wrap it up for football uh quick, but, quick. i'm sorry um go ahead yeah no no i was just i just wanted you guys to answer because you ah, well, I lie, of course so you, the carlos dunlap mm-hmm. question is yes i believe that he is a hall of fame famer um professionally he did his thing in Cincinnati, of course, and uh, he was looking to grab the record for sacks this year with Kansas City. And I think if he gets that Super Bowl ring on his career, I think so. Where is he? All time? Oh, in Kansas City. No, I'm, I mean sacks. Where Where is he? All time? For the season? Quick. Well, while you're looking that up, I, I, I want to give him the respect. I think Carlos is a dynamic player. I don't know that he is a Hall of Famer. Um, only because he's had... He had this really great season this year. Um, he had forty, no, four sacks. He's got a hundred for his career. Um, Twenty-two forced fumbles. Two-time Pro Bowler. 
spent some time with Seattle, Kansas City, uh, back to Seattle, and the Bengals, where he was drafted. Um, I'm not. I can't put him in the hall, bro. Not not. Quite. How many sacks did you I'm say? I'm not mad at that. He's got a hundred career sacks. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't put him there. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. We've got standards and stuff like that. And and you know, it's like. It's like in the rap game when they say somebody's legendary or a goat. You gotta, you know, you gotta definitely. It. Well, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. Go ahead, because I was just gonna say his years in Cincinnati were good, exactly and stuff, but he didn't take them there like that. I think Carlos Dunlap has about a sixty percent chance to be a Hall of Famer, hmm. um, and I I don't think it'll be like it'll take him forever to get in. If he does, I can see. It. I so can see I, it. I guess to answer your question, like with a yes or no, I believe yes, he is. He, he can be a Hall of Famer, but I think it would take him a while. I mean, you look, Steve Smith hasn't even made it into the Hall of Fame yet. So, and and that's my thing. Uh, to to be a Hall of Famer, you have to play at a high sustained level for several years. Now, if you look at players like a Luke Keekley, and this is jump me over into our last NFL conversation before we leave. If you look at Luke Keekley, he is a dynamic was shout out to my dog, man. He was a dynamic player, but he didn't play specifically at that position for a very long time. Now the, the eight years that he was in the league was at a high level the entire time he was there. But if you look at somebody like Thomas Davis, who spent 16 years in the NFL versus Half of that, it's different levels. Now, I would put TD in the Hall of Fame. And at the bare minimum, I know he better be in the Panthers ring of fame. Like, better be ASAP. Well, no, he already is. What am I talking about? But I don't know that I, I, can't, I can't say it just yet. So a, a ring does help, though. A ring does help. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he'll have one. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why, for me, Luke Keekley wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But that's not what we were talking about. The crazy thing is, is like um, on either side, eh, I wouldn't like, of course, Quinn, like I said, he would technically he would get a ring and he's a part of their roster. But more or less, Sue and Dunlap is similar <coughs> to similar as far as just the fact that toward the end of their careers, when they started negotiating their contracts, they they jumped a couple of teams to find the right fit. And now they have an opportunity to go ahead and get the legacy cemented with, with a ring or whatever like that. So Sue's got one. Sue's got one with Tampa. I was about to say Sue well, one with Tampa, yeah. Right, right, right. But I was just saying, like, as far as, like, moving from the original team that you kind of got notoriety with and then going to a team that's built up to be able to get a ring, like, again, granted, this isn't this wouldn't be Sue's first ring. But I'm just saying, like, Dunlap joined a system where it's like, okay, I got a high probability of getting a ring versus me carrying a team and being, like, the marquee guy or whatever. And this wasn't his first year there either, was it? He's he's been there for a couple of years now. Who Dunlap? Yeah, I think this is his first year there, isn't it? At KC, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, just coming back from uh, from uh, Seattle. Oh, that's where he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will say this: um, if he's able to get it, I, I want to talk about this first. 
You really just said Carlos Dunlap and, and Atomic Kinsu was like on the same level? Did, or did you mean that in regards to just them switching teams at the end to get the, the career pass? Yeah, okay, career okay. Because I'm about to say, because Atomic Kinsu is a Hall of Famer. He was at a much higher level for a much longer sustained time. So he qualifies for me as a Hall of Famer. Um, so I wouldn't put them quite in that package together for that. But nonetheless, they seem to have figured it out alongside some really good coaching. Um, they, they're at the bright point where they need to be in Kansas City. They, they kind of follow their path, and, and, and it's brought them back to the Super Bowl. Another team that's hoping that their path continues and makes it and takes them to the Super Bowl is one Carolina Panthers in the hiring of Mr. Coach, Mr. of Coach Frank Reich. Now, some of you guys may be familiar with him. Some may not. He was most recently relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, but he was also the very first quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. He actually threw the first touchdown pass in Carolina Panthers history. So uh, we've 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 seen a lot of mixed reactions across social media. A lot of information um, that people have been putting right, wrong, or indifferent out there about it. Um, Let's start with you, DJ Highstar. What are your thoughts on Frank Reich as the new coach of the Carolina Panthers? I would have loved to see um, still Steve Wilkes. Um, I appreciate him for what he did, you know, coming in as far as in the the role that he had to play interim as as far as interim. But that's always tough if you have, if you look at you know um, different hires and stuff like that to to have the interim coach um, carry over into the next year or something like that, because a lot of times owners and management is, is trying to just, you know, get a stop bring cap. a different energy and go in a different direction a lot of times, or, or, you know, perhaps just, just kind of reset altogether. And, and that may still have ties to, to Matt rule and stuff like that remnants of Matt rule. So um, I, I respect the, the higher I'm not as up in arms, you know, as some and, and things like that. Um, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not mad at the hire as well. Um, to rip the the bandaid off of the, uh, off of the, whatever the scab, if you will, or address the elephant in the room, the Rooney rule itself by design is always, you know, kind of always causes controversy, you know, um, and always would bring race into the conversation versus talent superseding everything else. And who's the best qualified person for the job? And it's it's sad that it's that way, but that's like I said, it's the design of the of that. It you know the the Rooney Rule itself or whatnot. Yeah, uh, E. Tanner, your thoughts? Um, well, for starters, since you just brought it up, I think that trying to tie race into um, a coaching decision is not something that people should do. I mean, I think that's what's wrong with professional sports. Now they let political things and stuff that has nothing to do with professional sports invade professional sports all the time. And I I think that that's a problem. And for some, it ruins the sport. Um, Now things like what Colin Kaepernick did, those movements and everything that, you know, that might be one thing, but when you when you say it was a, a racial choice to choose Frank Wright over Steve Wilkes, I, I don't think that's accurate, and I think that that, that that's just 
it's dangerous. It's dangerous in, in its own yeah. way. Um, but I think there's still <clears throat> the the sad thing is um that there there's some kind of like we see a stop sign or whatever like that. Might be a stop sign in the middle of nowhere, and you think to yourself, "Yeah, there's no reason for this stop sign and stuff like that." But the it's there because something happened, or you know what I'm saying, because something has yeah. been corrected or yeah. addressed. So that's the sad thing about it is that, like you, you're right. Like I, like I had alluded to, talent needs to supersede all of the choices. However, you know, history showed us, or you know, when you look at the numbers yeah. and stuff, and and there's such a disparity in the numbers, you know, when it's addressed, again, like I understand mixing politics and sports is is definitely you know taboo or, or dangerous but it unfortunately is a reason why we have to have that rule where you know some some in certain cases it should be a situation where maybe there's five black candidates and two white candidates because of that's the pool of talent that's available and that's what we're you know what i mean picking from yeah. at that point in time but is you know unfortunately that we need help leveraging the equity. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's un, unnecessary, even though like, you know, yeah, I understand like the stats and all that stuff, like with Houston and their black coaches versus their white coaches, um, the history there and stuff like that in Miami with Brian Flores and choosing McDaniels over him. Um, I understand all that, but I feel like it's unnecessary at times. But um, as far as Frank Wright being hired, I'm like I said earlier, I'm on I'm on the fence about it. Uh, I would have much preferred, um, or much rather have had Steve Wilkes or Sean Payton. Um, now, I mean Sean Payton is Sean Payton. You don't have to go into details about it. But uh, if the, if the price tag was too high, I'd take Steve Wilkes. I mean, he had control of the locker room. He's a player's coach. People wanted to play for him. And then that goes into free agency, going out and getting more talent to fill holes on the roster, finding guys that want to play with Steve Wilkes and see that, see what he had done in the locker room to turn a one-in-five team that was just about on the brink of having a number one pick to one or two plays away from making the playoffs. Come on. And then, but I understand, like, six and six on the year versus, and like you said, having ties to Matt rule. Um, I understand that versus a, I think 40 and 30, some career record as a head coach, but I don't, I don't necessarily like the hire, but I'm not completely against it either. So I'm going to jump in. Um, Real quick, he, he I wanted to point out he he also is a quarterback whisperer per se is what they say. He he does have that skill set. Yes, absolutely. Whole lot to what you guys said. Let, let, let's start with the hire itself. I do want say again. Oh, I do want to say that I did. I wasn't wild by the hire, and I was like at first I was like Frank right, and then as I started thinking about it, I, I could see why, how, and all that kind of stuff. So I started being more comfortable with it for a lot of the same reasons that you said he's an offensive minded coach. He'll be the first offensive minded coach in the franchise's history. He is the quarterback whisperer, which kind of almost definitely points to us taking a young quarterback. Although I would still love to have seen us, you know, make a splash for somebody who is 
um, already proven um, in free agency to get somebody. Some have said, oh, maybe Trey, uh, Trey Lance can come over. I said to say Trey Young. Um, Trey Lance can come on over. Trey Young would make a terrible quarterback, but that's a whole separate conversation. Trey Lance, uh, some might have said, uh, what's the quarterback in Vegas, his name? Um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Um, so any of those types of things I would like to see, but even if there's a young guy who comes in, Frank Reich is a guy who can go and work with them. Um, that's first. I, I have said for months at this point on this program that I did not feel that Wilkes was the right fit to move forward as this coach of the Carolina Panthers. I still stand by that. Um, I, I did that just from everything that I have read, everything that I've seen, the people that I've talked to, um, they're in the franchise. It's like it, it, he, they had, he had a locker room. Yes. I want to challenge something that you said. That is the argument that a lot of people have said, Oh, we'll give him a chance or let, let let's, let's see what he could do or let, let him stay there. He did not transform this roster. He simply coached the roster. Uh, what Matt Rule did with this franchise was a travesty. The talent at the beginning of the season had the had the capability that had we performed up to what the best version of us looked like, we wouldn't have been within one game of winning uh, uh, the going to the playoffs. We could very well have still been playing now had that had that been maximized from the beginning. So that's not something that he transformed. He simply didn't make it trash like rule did. And so I, I think there was a lot of credit from perspective that was given. There were a lot of people that was thinking, Oh, the Panthers suck. They're trash. They're not going to be this, they're that, that is and that. And so when he came around and sh- and showed that we weren't, they gave him the credit for that. When in fact the roster had talent from the top to the bottom, we are who we are and we were not living up to even that minuscule version of ourselves. So all he simply did was, like if there's a weight holding down a buoy and you take that weight off, that buoy is going to rise. And that's what happened with this roster. It wasn't that he himself, Steve Wilkes lifted the roster. It was just that we weren't being held down by the poor coaching and all of the other animosity and everything that was going on with Matt rule. Now with the point of the hire currently being racially motivated, I do not believe, and and I've argued all week, with several people, including a lot of Carolina Panthers fans, I don't believe that this was racially motivated. I think at the end of the day, the leadership recognized exactly what I said, that Wilkes is a good coach. We need someone who has the potential to, for greatness. It, it was discussed in many outlets from different perspectives that Frank Wright came in with a plan. He, he, he From the top to the bottom, he showed why he was the best fit for the, for the franchise, and, and David Tepper, being a businessman, went with that. Now, that's not to say that there are very many instances where other owners don't have that same process. They're hiring who they want. The, you, you mentioned it, the Brian Flores situation where, oh, we're bringing this guy in because, yeah, he's a black guy. and We got to check the box to say we brought a black guy in. When they had already had, they had their coach before they even brought him in for the interview. There are circumstances like that that are echoed throughout the league where black coaches don't get the opportunities, the second chances that some other ones do. Because as in the words of Greg Popovich, I, I'm, I hate the Spurs, never been a Spurs fan, but I respect him for the man that he is and the great coach that he is. He said, we live in a white racist society. And in a lot of instances, that is true. And, and, and like you said, it's terrible when it echoes into professional sports, but it is real. Is this one of those situations? No. But similar to the boy who cried wolf, there are some who are so conditioned to their being the instances where black coaches don't get the fair shot 
that because it looks similar, they, 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 they automatically put this under the umbrella. And it's an unfortunate situation, it, although it's a real situation and it's one that must be taken, taken care of. It's, it's echoes even throughout society. But it, in this instance, he wasn't the best man for the job. And, and I, I don't care how many I got fussed at and said, you like one of five people on the Internet saying anything about this, saying in that perspective. I don't care. Right is right and wrong is wrong. He wasn't the best coach for the situation and no, not giving him a chance because I'm sick of mediocrity. We've echoed it at nauseum. I won't run down that train, but this was a good hire. Will it be the best? It'll be remain to be seen. If he's not, he'll be gone like everybody else and we'll be on to the next. But I do not feel like in this instance that this particular situation was racially motivated and anybody saying anything different. Um, I got to sternly and starchly disagree. Thoughts or anything else? Either it, it, uh, it, it does make me kind of excited, though, um, to see what we do. Like, I'm pretty sure if I had to guess, we're going to trade up and go get a quarterback in the draft. Mm. But um, like a top quarterback, we're not going to sit at nine and wait for what's his face. I don't know his first name. Richardson out of Florida. Um, we're not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to sit at nine and wait for him. We're, perfect. Perfect scenario, go in front of the Colts. Mm. Go, go, go up in front of the Colts or right behind the Colts and sit right there and take one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Um, and then... Best case between, scenario, if, dream scenario, who are we taking? Not costing um, too much. If we could trade up to number one for trading um, the third string punter, <laughs> who, who would you uh, take? It d- depends on what you want in terms of... Um, the Panthers, you I guess you're going for the most athletic guy, which would be Bryce Young in my opinion, or CJ Stroud, really. Um but I'm I'm interested to see what we're gonna do because we're gonna have that quarterback plus Matt Corral. And if you date back to college, Matt Corral is was part of the RPO master class at Ole Miss. So would really like to see what an RPO kind of scheme would look like for the Panthers. You think that's something sustainable that could win a Super Bowl? Matt I don't know. <laughs> okay. High star. Best case scenario, who you taking at number one quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? Um, probably uh, C.J. Stroud. or uh, Yeah, I could see C.J. Stroud. And uh, is... <laughs> Is this Shador Sanders' senior year? No, I, I think he's got two more years. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go with C.J. Stroud. Right. No, I was going to say in the later round, scoop up somebody like a, like a, you know. No. Somebody that's a young, uh, you know. Colorado is going to, exp- I don't want to say expose that boy, but it will show who he is. Now, if he performs at Colorado against the defensive defenses that he's got to play out there, I will give him a little bit more respect. I wasn't impressed with what I saw at Jackson State. I saw South Carolina State University shut him down in the Celebration Bowl. You you gonna be playing with some a little bit bigger, faster, stronger, quicker, uh, more steady in uh, cornerbacks. Not and I want to clear up something because last week I talked about South Carolina State and their facilities. I wasn't throwing no shade at State. Shout out to the Bulldogs, another HBCU. I wasn't trying to show no no hate to them. It's just levels to this thing. Like Alabama and South Carolina State are not the same. That's all I was saying. But South Carolina State and the competition that Colorado was going to face are not the same. So 
we'll we'll see what uh, Mr. Sanders is able to do this season. But it seems like we got a little CJ Stroud in both of you guys, a little Bryce Young. I'm. I will say I will say before you, before you say anything I will say um, that a little bit of a hot take I think Will Levis is the most NFL ready quarterback and that's literally like right where I was going. Do not be surprised if somebody comes out of the blue, maybe a New York Jets, and drafts Will Levis number one overall, trading with the Chicago uh, Chicago Bears. Don't be surprised. There are a lot of folks who are in love with him. Do I want him as our quarterback? Absolutely not. But do not be surprised if Will Levis is the number one overall pick out of the University of Kentucky. So shout out to all those guys. We definitely hope that the Panthers make the right choice because with where this franchise is, if they are able to make a string of good choices, we can be competitive this year and hopefully making some noise to win a Super Bowl within the next two to three. So shout out to the Panthers. Just before we jump into some NBA, uh, we got a little bit of mail. So let's go ahead and uh, you got mail. Let's read some mail for you guys. We got a message coming in this week from none other than our guy, our frat brother, Mister Pipkins, Alexis Pipkins, and he writes. So Ed Reed is still talking on the situation. Do you th- guys think he should stop or keep going? It's clear that BCU is going to do what they want, and it's almost like Ed Reed is fighting against an administration that is no longer thinking about him. I definitely love his passion, but I firmly believe at this point his purpose was to light the fire, and and that's it. Because at that rate, he is perceived to be going. He at that rate, he is perceived to be going uh, might hurt him. What he's doing might hurt him for any other coaching job he might want. Well, thank you, Alexis, for that. We'll make sure we get you a Carolina Sports Talk pack out. But uh, for those of you who missed it last week and we were talking about the Ed Reed situation, Ed Reed was in negotiations to be the new head coach at Bethune-Cookman College or university, I think they may be. Um, And long story less long, he went on social media trashing them for the facilities, how dirty things were, having to clean out his own office and all of the good stuff like that. So, um Basically, Alexis, you're asking if your question asks, should he just leave it alone? I don't know. Uh, I think there are a lot of folks who are still talking up about it. And I personally think that if the school is still willing, because there are students who are doing protesting. There's alumni who say they want uh, the school to reinitiate, reinitiate, reignite and reignitiate. Yeah, all of that. Them boys starting back up the talks to uh, invite him back as the coach, working to see if they can get some kind of deal there's a lot of benefits that can be faced with him being their coach. Um, sure, there's some detriments as well, but I think it would far gain them more than it would cost for him to be the coach. But I'll extend the question out to you guys. Do you think that Ed Reed should leave it alone? Do you think he should keep trying, trying to fight to get the job? What are your thoughts on it? And I'll start with you, e Tyner. I think it depends on whether or not he actually wants to coach up with Doom Cookman. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he if he sees a better opportunity out there for him, for him somewhere else, um, or if he thinks he can possibly go find um, a job that's better than that one, um, just I would just leave it alone. You don't want to bring too much baggage or too much drama with you when you're going to interview or whatever for another job. But if you really want to coach that school, um, think I would I would keep it going if it was me. Um, because that would bring awareness to the situation. And um, I don't know, maybe 
you do end up being a coach there and then you go and you change all these things that you were complaining about. And maybe the school will realize what you're saying and give you that opportunity to change those things. So I think it really just depends on what he really wants. Gotcha. High star. Um, I, I think it depends on, um, similar to, to what Etana was saying, um, and a little bit, uh, going a little bit below that surface of what Etana was saying, as far as what he would want to do, as far as what he feels his purpose is. I think a lot of times, um, we get passion and purpose conflated, um, Mm. and think that, you know, if it's a passion of someone to, say, for instance, coach young men and, and things like that, then they can really get a job. You know, I hate to say it with a lack of empathy, but they could get a job anywhere and be able to fulfill their passion of coaching and being on the football field and and smelling the grass in the morning and stuff like that. If you feel like it's your purpose to be there and actually change lives, I feel like um, Dion's vision was driven by purpose, and that's why he endured some of the things that he endured over there at JSU. Um, so as you know, with Ed Reed, if if it's driven, if it's purpose driven and he feels like he needs to be at that particular school to, you know, to to make a difference or um to kind of make an impact in this HBCU space, then he needs to continue to pursue that. If if he's after this because he has a passion to coach, then this might not be the the uh you know, the task for him right now. And I, I agree with both of you guys. I'm going to just the same, take it a step further. I think that he should absolutely continue conversations with them, whether or not it's as to be their head coach. He needs to resolve that situation with them to have a favorable relationship, both with the administration to still allow those donors and those individuals who had all these, Oh, are we going to bring these millions of dollars? Still do it. If they go and hire uh, E Tyner to be their next head football coach, they should still invest all of that money that they were going to invest in that school to help build that program so that the legacy that can continue and so that they don't have to have the next coach and the one after and the one after don't have to be entered into that same situation with the way that you change. Uh, some may say generational curses is to do something different. You, you don't have to do it exclusively as a benefit to yourself. And if that was the case, how altruistic were you really being or how much were you just showing love to your people at the end of the day? And so I think it would be most beneficial for both him, whether he coaches there or if he, like you said, Eric, if he's looking to go to coach someplace else, he needs to continue that relationship with them to have some type of favorable resolve. So we definitely wish the best for them again. Thank you, Alexis for that. If you've got some thoughts, if you've got questions, if you want us to weigh in on your stories or anything else that you want to share with us hit us up on the carolina sports talk line cliff at carolina sports talk.net so that we can go ahead and share yours on air as well if you want to send us the email if you want to send us a voice note hit us up be a part of the show we appreciate you so without further ado man let's go ahead and transition into a little bit of nba oh high star man i i went from not watching lakers games to the one game i watched the majority of all season long Turns out like that. You want to hit us with some scores, bro? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it um, real quick from yesterday. Uh, Sunday, January 29th, um, we had the Hornets beating the Heat 122 to 117. The Grizzlies over the Pacers 112 to 100. Um, The Cavaliers over the Clippers 122 to 99. 
and the Bucks over the Pelicans, 135-110. to Tonight, there's a slew of games uh, going on still. Um, the Notably, the Lakers are losing currently in Brooklyn to the Nets, 119-102. There's one minute left of that in the fourth quarter. And the Warriors are beating the Thunder, 103-98 to um, right now in the fourth quarter. Um, and then also, real quickly... From Saturday evening, we had, um, see, I wanted to find the Warriors game um, from the weekend as well. There was a Warriors game, I believe it was against the The Raptors when they played Friday night, 129-117. Right. And um, so I wanted to talk about that game, but also on Saturday night, the Lakers game um, against the Celtics where they lost in overtime. (laughs) 125 to 121 to the Celtics. Two controversial um, uh, things happened in both of those games, respectively. First, real quick, with the Golden State game, there was toward the end of the game, real quick. Jordan Poole takes a, a ill-advised three-pointer um, while <laughs> Steph was really calling for the ball and screaming for the ball. After that, as they're going back up the court to get on defense, Steph throws his mouthpiece. Um, not throwing it at a referee, not throwing it at an official or anything like that. Didn't hit a but fan. It still is um, uh, ejectable offense. So he was ejected from the game. Uh, the Warriors end up winning the game still, but it showed it. It was a, it was a chance for us to see some of the fractures that may be going on in the Warriors organization and kind of some of those late late decisions, late game decisions. I think. Um, and ultimately, let's just let's just call it what it is. Is Jordan Poole feeling itself a little bit too much in the hierarchy <laughs> of offensive options for Golden State? Uh, whew, lot there. Starting with that one, um, I do think that Jordan is wanting to take over that team. It's it's like the freshman who came in on the All Star State winning championship, and uh, then he's a sophomore. A couple of those. Juniors and sophomores from the year before are still there. Now he's a junior. He's still got a couple of more folks that are sitting there, and he's got that super senior who just ain't going to leave. So he's wanting control of the team, but at the end of the day, he's still got to play his role. I, I love that he has the dog in him to want to take that shot, but if you got a wide-open Steph Curry trailing, you give the ball to Steph Curry. I don't the best shooter of all time, bro. You don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't overlook him. <laughs> Like I get it, I, I get it that he's next up and he wants it, and and again it f- it fares well for the Warriors in their future that he wants to and can take those shots. But you still you 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 still gotta you gotta yield to the greatest. The gold is on your team, bro. You gotta give him that pass, man. Do you, so we're all in agreement that he probably should have passed that ball. Ask, yeah. So it seems like are you in agreement as well, Etani? He should have passed it to the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I want. I wanted to go ahead and, and bring it over there to um, stay in California, but bring it to another GOAT, LeBron James. Hey, Again, they're playing yo. Jason. Pause. Nah, not even. How is he? What is he the GOAT of? Come on, bro. Let's stop. Let's stop. I'm just saying, like, is, is LeBron not considered one of the greatest of all time, bro? One of the yeah, but one of the if you want to talk about flops, sure. Here's what I was, okay, 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 because y'all now y'all are double y'all are trying to jump. <laughs> Etonin, 
<laughs> We're not going to do this because this is deja vu, and the, J- and the Jags are already out of the picture. No, no, look, look, y'all never had this conversation with me. Y'all don't know what where I stand with the greatest of all time. Who's the greatest basketball right. player of all time, E. Tyner? Kobe Bryant. I see. I knew I liked that guy. I knew so, I liked that guy, but, bro. All right, so, okay, I was just trying to segue. What I was saying was <laughs> LeBron goes up for a left-handed layup at the end of regulation against mm-hmm. the Celtics. Score tied. Um, questionable travel that people are looking at as well prior to, but it, it is what it is. He, We know what it is in professional in, in the NBA. Right. But um, he got to the basket. It clearly got fouled. Clearly it was, was a fouled. no call. Um, they end up going to overtime and losing. Toward the end of uh, the regular uh, toward the end of regulation when it came back from the timeout or whatever like uh, hysteria from the no call, um, you see that Pat Beverly <laughs> took took a cameraman's camera and goes up to an official to show the official the footage. I was actually on the phone live with Big Cliff at the time, and Big Cliff described what was going on to me, and I said, "Oh yeah, 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 I can see exactly why I got a technical foul." Like, <laughs> I understand, but that's so unorthodox because what would you want the official to do in that situation? There was nothing. He oh could yeah, do. nah, you're right, y'all right. Hold on, yo, hold on. He got a picture, y'all. He got a camera. Let's go ahead and stop it. We got to go back in time. We got to like correct what we. It's like at that point, bro, Pat. They know it, man. Very they performative. It. Very performative. Yeah, so you here goes that. your technical that you're that you were wanting. But thoughts, guys, on on the end of that game. I'll let Tyner go first, man. Uh, okay. So the Lakers fan is gonna go last. All right. Um. Well, for starters, I love a good show when people, when or when officials make terrible calls in baseball. You got the the um, the, the managers running out there and kicking dirt all over mm-hmm. their shoes, and then in the, in the NFL, you you'll see the players. Grab their face mask if there was a missed face mask put on there, and you know they'll yank their own helmet around, or they'll come up and they'll touch a ref and get ejected, or a flag thrown on them, or whatever. Um, that was probably the best performance I've seen in basketball, <laughs> though, with a player trying to argue a foul call. I did. I, I'm kind of torn on the situation as a whole because. He, I wouldn't say that penalty lost you the game or that no call lost you the game because you went to overtime. Um, you, you still had a chance. <laughs> but yeah, you still lost in that extra period. Um, and, and I mean, obviously, you know, the, the call happens, you go to the line. But just saying, you had an extra period to, I don't know, win by 10 and you didn't. Um, but I also agreed with, I don't know if it was a Lakers player or not, but I saw it somewhere. Somebody had posted on social media, something about referee. I apologize. There is an ambulance or something going past my house. So if y'all hear that, I'm sorry. Um, but somebody posted on social media about the refs being fined for missed calls and stuff like that. And I think that would be very nice to, uh, I would love to see it. Absolutely. Because specifically in this game, and I'm on I'm on my Stephen A bag right now. So y'all, y'all just gotta deal with it and deal with it. Listen, normally I would try to hate, stop you and everything like that, but go ahead and go off, bro. Because I know what I would feel if it was my Knicks. Just just saying. Just randomly. This did not 
and does not exclusively lie with that missed call with LeBron James. Earlier in the fourth quarter, all throughout the game, there were questionable and trash calls. It's like, yo, what are y'all doing? At the end of the third, or it might have been in the early part of the fourth, um, there was a terrible foul call on Mr. Glass, Anthony Davis, where he was called for the foul, and he made all ball contact. Coach Ham used their challenge. It was reviewed and overturned. In the NBA, if you use your challenge, even if you get it right, that's it. That's it. That's no more. You're done. It's a, it's a wrap. That, that was another thing, too. I don't mean to cut you off, but that post also said something about making um, missed calls and foul calls reviewable, too. Van Gundy, um, and I, I, I want to say it was Jeff because I get the two. Stan is the little round one, and Jeff is the ball head one, right? Jeff Van Gundy stated, if we have replay in the game of basketball that can't review calls like that, then what do the, what in the heck do we have replay for? Because this, that's exactly what it's for. But let's go back to the refs for just a second. They called the call, the foul. It was overturned. The very next play, they called another foul on Anthony Davis at the other end that also wasn't a foul. And so the refs have, it, it was almost like they implanted themselves into the game to be able to Make the Lakers lose, and I hate to be on that. It was rigged, ah! But there was very clearly too many consecutive terrible calls because I refuse to believe that the National Basketball Association would have referees that are that incompetent, that are that bad at their jobs, that they are going to skew the the outcome of a game in the favor of one team over another. Now, I saw, and, and similar to you guys on social media, there was a post that said the head referee since 2020, when he refereed Boston Celtics. Celtics games, that they are 22 and two in the games that he has refereed. That's how you, my dog. That is, could be a, 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 a coincidence, but not likely. That missed right. call on LeBron James at the end was trash. It, it literally cost us the game. With and, and I'm a biggest LeBron hater there is. I'm not a fan of the guy. I respect him for the basketball player that he is. He's a Laker, so I got to like watch him. He played his heart out. This not only this game, but this season, he has been empty in a tank and letting loose on the entire clip. Because without him, we'd be even worse than we already are. For him to have played to the level that he did for us to be tied at the end of it, for them to have called the perfect play, for him to go on up with the left hand and to lay it up, the, there to be a foul so clear that it knocked his hand away from the ball. Not the ball out of his hand, his hand away from the ball. And there not to be a call on that, there was no way we were going to win it. I, and and Highstar heard me. I said, yeah, we lost. That We're not going to win this game. When I saw his reaction, emotionally, he had nothing left. The, they, the the commentators talked about the mismanagement of the clock in the last minute and a half, two minutes. That's because at that point, when overtime started, their hearts and minds were done. They were dejected, and there was no way we were going to win that game because they had already felt robbed. Now, I know, and I understand, push through, and, oh, you got to see it through, and it's not over till the end and all of that. When they were robbed out of that victory on the road, their hearts were broken, and there was nothing else that they could do at that point, no way. So I, it was trash. And I hate it. High Star, what are your thoughts? I mean, I agree. I agree. I can't. I can't. Like, I was going to bring up that whole situation with Boston as well. Um, I mean, the uh, the the graphic or whatever that came out that they're 20 and 2 or 22 and 2. And I was like, at first I was thinking that it was 
you know, just one of those things that you see online. But then I think it was posted by Bleacher Report or somebody, and I'm like, they're pretty reputable and mm-hmm. and everything. So um, that's that that's pretty much what I took from it after seeing that particular graphic was like, nah, that's fishy and 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 something needs to be done. It's 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 just reminiscent of the the um, Raiders Patriots game. It, mm-hmm. it feels like a paradigm mm-hmm. shift where that Packers game. It feels like a paradigm shift. Um, what was that Packers Cowboys? I want to say or cow like there's a couple games. Dez dropped it ball the game yeah, right where Packers, these Cowboys. things was established. I think that this is a like a paradigm shift type deal where um where something will be changed with the with the replay um protocol and stuff like that. But it yeah it it, it was you you guys got um there's a tool that they sell in Home Depot. You know it's similar to bolts and stuff like that. But you guys, yeah. <laughs> Rhymes with brew. You guys got brewed. <laughs> what the, oh, my God. It is so frustrating. And then literally the next day, news reports. Anthony Davis and LeBron James will not play in Boston and in, in, uh, in uh, Brooklyn and against the Nets. Them boy, them boy, they have been putting it out there. Hachimura, uh, Rachamu. I'm, I won't be disrespectful. Ray, what's Ray's last name? Rui Hamaracha. Right, right. So. Rui Sriracha Sauce has been playing really good. Not as disrespectful. <laughs> nah, but he's playing. He, he he looks good. He got a lot of minutes to say he just got in LA. Like his his jersey still got stickers on it, and and then I saw him playing with a tag on it. But he was out there doing his thing. Even your man's, uh, not Rondo, um, Pat Bev. Pat Bev is the epitome of if he's on other teams, you hate him. And then when he's on your team, it's like eh, Tell him about the see. Eli Apple thing. <laughs> Ray, did you did you happen to catch that one, uh, Etana? That they say that uh Eli Apple and um <laughs> that they said that Eli Apple is the NFL's version of um I just said his name. Why? Why am I blanking? Pat Bev. Of Pat Bev. Pat Bev is the NBA version of Eli Apple. You agree? Are you talking about like love and hate thing? Like when he doesn't doesn't play for you compared to when he does type thing? No, like just on some oh. like they'll show up once every like twelve games and be an all world, and then the rest of them they getting cooked. They getting Bark much louder than the bite. Yeah, very. Uh, I, I got you. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I could understand the comparison. I can understand the comparison, but I mean, I've never really seen Patrick Beverly as like a. I don't want to say cocky, but because I feel like I use that word a lot, but I've never seen him as a cocky guy. Um, Eli Apple is a little cocky for his skill set, um, especially being that you're the reason you lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> but Pat, Pat Beverly's that guy too. He's the one that's over the top, like what, like. When he in the in the game against the Celtics, he was hitting timely threes, great knockdown shots. He had a putback dunk that had me like, oh! Uh, there was a shot that went up, rimmed out. Nobody checked him coming in, and he just literally, after being in the league for as many years as he has, had some bounce, got up, and LeBron just had his hands on his head, like, oh wow! It it, it was an amazing. <laughs> And all and every time after everything he he mugged he he pointed at certain people like he celebrated like like he did <laughs> what did you what did you what was the analogy you used uh, high star 
Like he just wanted to play in game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Minnesota. And so he does. Well, I never saw that. So. Oh, yeah. He definitely goes over the top sometimes. But he earned it in this one. All of our role players stepped up. You could tell that that was absolutely a game that we wanted and, and, and not being able to get it, especially in the way that we did. It was trash. And so uh, shout out to them bum behind officials and uh, cheating my Lakers. Yeah, I, it almost did. Yeah. Hi, Star. What do you want me to do? Uh, but. What other games throughout the NBA slate stood out to you guys? Really, I mean, I was, again, just focused on that. Um, right now, the the playoff race is kind of making it, sh- it shaping up or whatnot. Um, I was know. actually going to ask you to read off the Eastern Conference standings because I'm curious about something, but I didn't want to say anything and be mm-hmm. wrong. Boston's at number one. You got Milwaukee at number two. Philadelphia is number three right now. Brooklyn's still in number four. Cleveland's at number five. Miami's at number six. My Knicks are at number seven, and Atlanta's at number eight. Give, give us through 10 because we know we got to play in this year, too. Gotcha. So Washington Wizards right now are at number nine, and the Chicago Bulls are at number 10. Okay. okay. What, are, what are your thoughts on that, Etana? Um. Well... As far as the past 24 hours, really the past 48 hours, I hadn't watched anything basketball-related. NBA, college, it doesn't matter. I hadn't watched anything. Um, But the Hornets score kind of surprised me um, because I feel like we always struggle against Miami. I don't don't know why. Um, I don't know. We could be the one seed in East and, you know, the Heat could be the 12. But we would somehow magically find a way to lose that game. Um, when it comes to divisional games, we always like to not be good. Um, but other than that, I didn't really yeah. watch much basketball yesterday. No right now, the Hornets have a 15 and 36 record. Um, of course, you know, yeah. 21 games behind number one. They, they got, um, two in a row, though. They on a two game streak. I, I was going to say, um, I felt like it could be could be turning a leaf. I didn't know exactly how far behind though we were, so I didn't want to say anything and be wrong. But the Hornets have been hurt a lot of the year, so um, and Gordon Hayward's good, but he's always hurt. You know, Lamelo spent some time out. So while while we're kind of giving a couple of like just honorable mention, if you will. And shout out. So I wanted to spotlight your man DiVincenzo mm-hmm. on the Warriors. He's mm-hmm. been doing work. Bryant on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I like how he's he's been working hard as well. But yeah, there's a couple guys that are trying to, you know, make their chops around the league and stuff. If we giving our shout outs, I gotta gotta give a shout out to the Grizzlies who have stopped their five game losing streak. They actually, if 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 we're gonna if we're gonna talk about it, we talked last week about the brush up uh, with them and the Lakers, and uh, with uh, well, not I can't even say with the Lakers because it wasn't with the Lakers; it was with uh, Uncle Shannon. Since that, or from the time of that until now, they were zero and five, and then they won last night, so they got one win to snap that streak. Because I don't know what Shannon, what kind of root he put on them. <laughs> <laughs> but they hadn't won. They they lost five in a row after that game. So or after that incident. But shout out to them. Um, I don't know what is going on down in New Orleans. Uh, they started off doing really good. Um, they started off with a twenty five and fifteen <clears throat> record, and since have gone one and nine. 
they, I, they, I don't know what's going on in New Orleans. But um, hopefully the Pelicans can go on. The league's longest win streak right now belongs to who? Do we know? Anybody know? Is is it the Warriors? No. I want to say Brooklyn at one point had it, but. The current longest streak belongs to the Wizards with five in a row. Yeah. So shout out to the Washington Wizards, man. They giving out players. It's like, yo, we, we don't even need them. We, we're good. We win it still. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, they're right now at the season ended today. They would be in the playing game, but um, Washington trying to make some noise. I'd love to see the Hornets, as you talked about, um, two in a row right now. I'd love to see them kind of boost up and make a make a run at it. Not very likely. Right. But 23, if, I think um, the number 10 team might be Chicago, and they've got 23 wins. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a tough climb. Right. Hey, I, I will say, though, the Hornets have made things interesting in the past before. Like a couple years ago, 2020, with the with the bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, had a chance, made things interesting the late later parts of the season. So, you know. And as much know, as – okay. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to uh, pivot a little bit. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to throw something completely irrelevant to basketball out. So unless you were going <laughs> to. Yeah. So the if we're taking a look at the West really quickly, uh, one through 10 seeds, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers, Timberwolves at five, Warriors at six, Mavs, Pelicans, Suns, and the Jazz round up the final four in the top 10. Now, the one thing that's beneficial and and and. I had a conversation off air with um, the Frozen Poet, the Frozen Panther, uh, Mr. Jason Lee, that I felt like the, the Lakers season was done. We weren't going to make this postseason. We're just at this point chasing that 117 points for LeBron James to be the number one overall or all-time leading scorer in the league. But if we take a look at the numbers, the seven through the 10th seeds right now all have identical records with only 26 wins. And down, if you keep going to 13, with 23 wins, the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're really only three games back of the play-in and what and four games technically out of not even have to worry about a play-in spot. So we still do have a chance, especially with some of the pieces that we're bringing in. If we can keep LeBron healthy, if we can keep – I understand the rest. Um, we're on a five-game road streak, right, road game upcoming streak. We're in to the second one now, playing Brooklyn tonight. But, like – we do have a chance. It'll be interesting to see what the remaining of those teams above us do. If the Pelicans continue to slip, that could be one spot. But I, I, I'm, I'm giving us a chance at this point, and hopefully we can at least use it, continue to get healthy, make a couple of right moves, maybe pick up another free agent here and there. Who knows what's 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 out there for the Lakers? I like I like this year's Russell Westbrook. So shout out again to Russell Westbrook. I like this year's Russell Westbrook. It's similar to... All my rap fans will know what I'm talking about, but it's similar to when Meek Mill went, came from California and got out of Los Angeles and went to Brooklyn to record. But Russell mm. is in his bag right now. He's found his like where he fits at to contribute and he's doing his thing. So shout out to Russell Westbrook because we I saw a press, whenever it's opposite. Mm-hmm. I saw a press conference that Westbrook did the other day and he was like, this reporter was asking him questions. She asked him like three questions and they were all like, all three questions had a compliment somewhere in the question, like how good he was shooting or his assist totals or something like that. And he was, just, he, he seemed like he was feeling himself. He, he was smiling different everything else. He was loving them compliments. Shout out to my dog, man. No more Russell Westbrook. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. He's still, he's still wrestling. That's yeah. That's what's up, man. But again, wide open <clears throat> NBA playoffs. Got the uh, All Star break coming up, so uh, definitely be interesting to see how the remainder of the season wraps up. So that's going to do it for us on basketball. What was the top the points you wanted to bring up just a second ago, E, before we hit the big deal thing? Oh, well, we were talking about the Hornets and um, how they were probably not going to surprise anybody. And um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Hurricanes and stay inside North Carolina because we don't ever talk about hockey. Um, but um, a couple weeks ago, they were on an 11-game winning streak and they just beat the Boston Bruins either last night or the night before you know, with a score of 4-1, to one, and the Bruins were the best team in hockey at that point. So I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm officially putting it on record, even though I don't know if there's any hockey fans out there, but North Carolina's getting a championship in 2023. But you know what? I, what, what I, it is, but it ain't. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you anyway. It's hot. hot. Now, I agree with you. I would love to see the Canes take it. We're sitting at 32, 9, and 8 right now. Um, and the Bruins are at 38, 7, and 5. I think this was a little get back from last year. Um, when, when we played them in, in, in no, I want to say it was the Eastern Conference in the Eastern Finals. But our goalie being hurt hurt us a lot. Um, I, I have a lot of Boston. I hate Boston. Everything about Boston. I'm a Lakers fan, so we know how I feel about the Celtics. I'm a Yanks fan, so we know how I feel about the Sox. And for the Bruins to have knocked us out last year, you know how I feel about it then. But um, much similar to how I said the Eagles reminded me of a 2015 uh, Carolina Panther squad, and here they are making it to the bowl. This year's uh, Canes reminded me a whole lot of 2006 when we won the cup, bro. So, like, I am definitely all in favor of this. And we we do definitely need to get a little bit more Canes talk on here. So, we have to get you back next time, uh, and hopefully before the All-Star break over there as well, and, and get a little bit more hockey talk in here as well. So, shout out to the Hurricanes, man. Without further ado, it is time for Big Deal No Thing. Is a sounder that's supposed to be played here. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Y'all know the segment. We give you NF, we give you topics and we let you know why they're a big deal or no thing. So first up, Tony Romo gets caught on air almost saying the N-word. Before I get you guys this big deal, no thing, we'll let the fans hear it themselves just in case they missed it on the broadcast so they can understand exactly what what we're talking about and why we say what we're saying. The extra yards, the tough yards, the finish on the play. Right there, you got three. And you talked about this is the best tackling team. They don't. So, <laughs> y'all, y'all heard it for yourself. So, high star, big deal or no thing? Tony, Tony Romo allegedly almost saying the N word on national broadcast. Uh, no thing. Mm. Nah, nah that ain't no thing. <laughs> y'all was, I was going to let you That's explain it. That's a big it. deal. Etiner, what'd you say? Big deal, no thing. It's obviously a big deal. That's a big deal. You, you can't do that, bro. I, I'm <laughs> now. Nah, I was going to be a, a holding to do the thing, same thing, but no. that's a big deal. All right, high star. Why you say it's a big deal, bro? Uh, I 
you know. <laughs> I mean, other than him being a Caucasian man saying the N-word on national TV, you yeah, know. All of the implications. I mean, granted, listen, on national TV, we've heard some bad things. Rob Parker. Mm. But, um, you know, nothing <laughs> but is. Was he wrong? But right, of course, nothing is heinous and, and it almost got out. It's just, yeah, it's bad optics. Etana, it's just a bad situation, bro. Etana, what you say on it, bro? Uh, <laughs> that he's like, I don't want to say nothing. <laughs> right, on it. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the it's like if like what if I said that on here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it it there are people that listen to this, and there are people that watch football. If they hear if they hear that like we're we're in the middle of of a place in time in this world where we're trying to stop all that stuff right and you know there are people out here that talk about American past mm-hmm. right things that happened in America and then people say that times are different that that doesn't happen now and then things like that happen on national TV. I don't don't know, bro. You you can't, you you just can't do that. Can't. Uh, Okay. So this is not going to be favorable. Um, High star has turned his camera off, but I would have loved to have seen his face when I say this. He's eating chicken. (laughs) Wait, why is he he really eating chicken? Are you really eating chicken? Exactly, Eric. Why why is it got to be chicken? He's eating chicken. Is he eating chicken and watermelon too, bro? What's up? Perfect timing, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what he's eating, man. Oh, that is hilarious to me. But nonetheless... Oh, I didn't see the chicken, so I'm glad that you're really, in fact, eating chicken. I start because that could have went left really quickly. But this is a synopsis and a microcosm of what exactly we're talking about. I say it's a big deal. I really, really, really wanted to say no thing. I really wanted to say no thing, y'all. I am of an of a mindset that words have power when you grant them that. That word in particular is not one that is a trigger for me. If someone calls me that in an attempt to be derogatory and in an attempt to belittle me, I'm literally going to hit him with a third grade moniker. I'm rubber in your glue. And I'm probably going to sling it back at him because, again, it means nothing to me if I don't internalize it. Um, the the one time that I've ever been called that in life um, in, in a derogatory manner was by a young Asian kid in middle school. Um, at that point, I wasn't as uh, I wasn't adult enough, I could say, to know how to handle it. So in that instance, I did fight, got suspended for five days. But um, in this point of my life as an adult, if there was ever anyone that used it derogatorily towards me, I'm literally going to turn it around and sling it back to them in the same manner because it means nothing and I refuse to accept it as anything less than that. Now, it is a big deal, however, because it's very, 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 very telling. I saw one commenter that said, yo, Tony Romo thought he was on a private line with uh, Jerry Jones, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> which is a whole separate thing in itself. But like, if that man used that word around the comfort of people who grant him the opportunity to say that word, who are empowered themselves to say that word, then let that man say that word in the private of his home. Let that man say what he's like. Again, it's a term that if you don't use derogatory. Now, there's some who say if you're not black, you can't say the word. I, I'm not going to argue with them. I'm going to say what I'm saying. So, like, if Etana was talking to us and it, and it came out, I don't know that I would be, like, instantly, like, especially in the context and the connotation and how you used it, like, if it was the A or the hard ER, then I'd be, I, I mean, you know, I may not be like, yo, what did you say? I, I, I can't say that I would. Can't say that I wouldn't, but I, I mean... It's it's different strokes for different folks, man. Yeah. Now, go ahead. Hi, sir. I was going to throw in there. Um, I grew up in New York, Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. A myriad or a potpourri of cultures out there, if you will. Um, shout out to the SAT. But um, like as far as the different people that are out there and stuff, we grow up where just there's like a discernment in the cultures like there may be Puerto Ricans or Dominican people that, excuse me, might say that, but it brings me to my bigger point that we really, really want to get real. And this is Carolina sports talk. So we're going to get real in NFL locker rooms. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that's the culture. Um, yep. You know, even so outside to the outside world, we see it as so crazy, crazy, crazy blasphemous. When Riley Cooper did that thing that he did a couple of years ago, yeah, it was out in the public and at a concert or whatever like that. But there weren't players looking to take his head off and stuff like that because they are mm-hmm. there are some there are plenty of white players and I can imagine coaches and, and executives that are comfortable, as you heard Tony Romo just saying that. So, you know, I football think- locker rooms in general, actually. Yeah, not, not even just in the NFL. It's on all levels. Yeah, was your locker room one? Is is that something that y'all were used to? That like black and white guys saying it regularly? Am yeah. I Super E-tana. Bowl making no, my, my Super Bowl producing locker room? No, you talking, talking to E-tana. Eric? My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a regular thing. Even the coaches and our, our coach, our head coach was white. I see what I'm saying, and and if that's the if that's the culture, I don't have a problem with that. If you have found that level of camaraderie and trust and and, and comfort with somebody, they you don't have the issue with it. I don't have the issue with it. Like, it, now, but then use, again, it's a situational awareness thing. Like, you can't you can't just say that on the air. Like that's. Yeah, but he stopped. He caught himself. He caught himself. I will give him that. <laughs> he alluded to it. He's got a bunch of people around. Like he. I'm on air. On air. On air. No avert. Abort. <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, that's why I said, I'm going to say this was a medium deal. I, I really can't keep it at a big deal. It's a medium deal. It's funny that he almost got, like, he almost slipped out. It's telling, like I mentioned earlier, that he does say the word, apparently. But to, doesn't Tony Robo just seem like the type that just would be cool with some black folks who would just wouldn't mind him saying it around them? I mean, again, bro, listen, you said what you said. I feel like if that culture has been built up that much to to that point and stuff like that, you know how you said, like, I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that I don't have a problem with it, but the problem is sometimes too much, too, too large a scale for me to 
to throw energy into to try to combat, if that makes sense. Mm. So while I, it's not that I just don't have a problem with it, but at the same time, that's not a, a fight that I'm looking to, a battle that I'm looking to fight, in other words. If you're having a conversation one-on-one with Tony Romo, and he says, man, dog, let me tell you, I was around there, and I saw these, and them boys swallowing. You gotta you you go stop and be like yo hey yo what did you say? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's cringy. That's that's cringy to me. That's like if I did it again. It's like if I did it. It's, it's, it's cringy <laughs> to me on on that level. Like I said, I've grown up in New York to where I have seen, of course, like Puerto Rican people. There, there's a, a white guy from my high school that's grown up saying that, and oh, you know, yeah. and he's had issues. He, he like to Eric's point, it's a situational awareness thing. So he knew what the weight that came with him throwing that around that at any given time, it can go down, especially being in Charleston. However, the people that he hung around, the black people that he hung around as well, you know, he was able to say that and, and pretty much and live his life or whatnot, you know, without without a lot of uh, pushback. I would know. like to, I would like to point out real fast that I said like it's like if I said it I would like to point out I I can like you were talking about Wyland I I can get down like that I'm just saying okay. I, I can light up a football locker room <laughs> it's like if they're gonna let me I'm rocking with it and see I don't again to each their own is it's it's one of those things like um there's some black folks who don't feel like anybody should say it I I, I literally remember. Having a colleague who, because I use the word, it is what it is, um, who I said it around, you don't need to say that. And I didn't even, oh, oh, this is my mouth. You can't tell me what I need to say. But then we had a conversation and, and, I, and she stated her views and her perspectives on it. And out of respect for her, I chose not to say it while she was around. She, and she was a black colleague, but I say the word. I did, Again, I don't give it that power, although I understand those that do and why they do. And I will respect them in that instance. Um, oddly and not even like as deeply deep as the whole situation itself. My mind goes to the, um, boondocks episode with the teacher that was being sued. Do you guys remember this one for, yeah, it was derived from a real video. Have you ever seen the real video? I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that. It was hilarious. (laughs) Have you, have you, have you seen it, Itana? No, I got to send it to you. It's like, uh, can I, Get a French fry, borrow a French fry. Housing, gonna borrow a French fry. All right, so the next (laughs) on our big deal new thing coming up, (laughs) y'all. You know what? I'm gonna send it to y'all because, like, yo, that is the most hilarious, ignorant moment in TV thing history to me, bro. Like the stuff that Boondocks just to get away with. (laughs) (sighs) Like I said, it was actually is is derived. You know what I mean? It it comes from real real place. So that's the crazier part of it. But uh, real quick before we move forward, Wilder TV show, a Wilder cartoon TV show, Boondocks or South Park? Uh, my Issa Rae voice and I'm, I'm uh, voting for or uh, rooting for everyone black. I'll just say the Boondocks is that's a, I mean, South Park is legendary, though, and <laughs> iconic. And they go after everybody. They wild out. Yeah, they wild out on South Park. I can't front. Boondocks is more nuanced. Right. And they're wilding out. So and, and it's a lot you, more you, like sometimes like you catch like it's, it's like SpongeBob. People don't realize SpongeBob is actually an adult cartoon, but you got to catch the nuances. Like, wait, what? What just happened? Did you just did he really? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, SpongeBob, yeah. wow. 
SpongeBob's a wild guy. What about I, you? I would say uh, I would say South Park just because there is no nuance. It's just, just right there in, in your, your face. face. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I got to go to South Park too because again, as where a lot of like you said, the nuance, and then a lot of it was a more a little bit more and almost exclusively racially toned with with regards to um, Boondocks. With South Park's, dumb boy went to race. They went to sexuality. Dumb boy would attack Jesus. Dumb boy, they, yeah, they was just like that, man. So shout out to all the Ratchet TV, man. That they the even came after religion. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, uh, like and not South just Park. Christianity, like all of them. Like there was yeah, nobody a, yeah. safe. Nobody was safe on South Park, man. But nonetheless, one more topic and big deal, no thing. Uh, recently dropped and recently announced was the increase in the NFL salary cap. And so for the 2023 season, the NFL increased the salary cap to $224.8 million. Starting with you, Etan, a big deal or no thing? Um, I don't think it's a, a big thing at all. No, nah, um, that ain't so no thing. Okay. Even less than a no thing, to be honest. Um, mm. All right. I mean, it, on, it, it's going to be the same same thing. Hold on, hold on before you get into it, because you're about to get into it. Hold on one second. Hi, Star. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, no thing. That ain't no thing. thing. I'm going the other way. That's a big deal. All right. Now, give, give it to me. Why you say it's no thing, Tyler? I'm glad you stopped me. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's just going to be the same thing as every other year. You know, these teams, they get, they, they see how much money they can spend, and then. They either spend it or they don't. Um, so, okay. Why you say high star? I like your points, Eric. Um, I, you know, I, again, that's that's a, a habitual thing, if you will, like a habit based thing. And I agree. Uh, if if um organizations aren't set up to to do the Jerry Jones, George Steinbrenner type of things, or um, God bless the dead, uh, Dr. Buss type of things, then they're not going to be incentivized to do it because we've raised the cap. I think that, again, also to that inflation, of course, the price of eggs, (laughs) um, everything (laughs) like that. Um, Of course, $500 million contracts that we're seeing and stuff like that, um, you know, I, I just feel like it's par for the course. It, it was going in this direction. It'll continue to go in this direction with the uh, multi-billion-dollar industry that the NFL is. So I, I just don't. I'm not wowed and 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 kind of you know blown out of my seat. Pause of, uh, about it. So I said it's a big deal because. <sighs> The $16.6 million increase in the salary cap is enough to be the difference between a good player and a great player. Although, and, and, and in some instances, you could have an additional player. Now, we understand that they'll be minimized. I mean, the, the amount of uh, roster size won't change, but it additional, essentially equals up to an extra player. If you look at the top wide receivers in the league. Cooper, wait, 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 can I take a guess? Can I take a guess? All right, wide receivers. Who's the highest paid wide receiver? Oh, I was going to say uh, like a rough estimate on how much they make Okay. a year. Uh, I, I think that because I was actually going to say receivers, so I'm glad you went there. Um, I'm, I, I think like a, a the top receiver, 
I would guess probably makes like eighteen million a year. The highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, Cooper Cup, makes twenty six point seven million dollars per year. Now, if you look at it like this, the highest paid running back makes seventeen point two. That sixteen point six essentially means that you could have the extra cap space to add uh, an Ezekiel Elliott who makes sixteen million, Alva Kamara twelve point seven million dollars. So that money alone gives you that opportunity to either spread it out and pay a lot of really good players more money, or you have that extra money to go and get a, a, a bigger good name player wide receiver running back whomever it may be and so ultimately i say it's a big deal because that's going to make a difference with some of these rosters where oh man well we just didn't have the money this year da, 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 da. imagine what chicago would have done with the ability to go and sign another another running back another quarterback uh wide receiver so i say it's a big deal because i really feel like it can shape and this may be the difference for some teams being able to be competitive and others being even more dominant does the Philadelphia Eagles really need any more space to get any more defensive players or offensive linemen or another tight end or anything on their squad? So it, it goes to show you just how much more that you can go um, and, and how much more growth with it. It is also reflective of the game to say that the cap is going up every year. Now, this past year was the first year that it did not increase at all. And I think that that's probably the reason that we've seen the largest jump in cap history. Um, but nonetheless, it, it, it's it's where it is, and it's reflective of where we're going with the NB, with the NFL. And um, I'm I'm excited to see where the game continues to grow too. So, quick question for you two: Yo, if given the chance with that extra cap space, um, you could get again a B tier or very very high B tier receiver, and be able to get um, quality, you know, back or like two skilled players two B-tier players versus getting a superstar splash and, and, and putting everything out there. Which one do you do? Mm. I'll let you go first, Tyler, unless you want me to. Um, And you, you mean in general? Yeah. Like or if- are you talking about the Panthers? Yeah, for the Panthers, really. Oh, I'm going to get an, an elite corner. I'm not even on the same wavelength there to be honest because i think terrace marshall can be can be a solid number two with dj being number one if if the quarterback position is fixed so i think necessarily like one and two at receiver i think we're fine i'm, I'm going to get a, an elite corner if it's me and my first when when hearing you ask the question my first reaction was now nah, i'm spreading that money out i'm gonna get me a b guy here and couple B minuses over there and I'm going to just do what I can. I'm putting all of those eggs in one basket and go and get me a tight end. And go and get a tight end. Uh, uh, like, I know Atlanta ain't trying to give up a, on your boy. A gun quo maybe or not. Not even that. Like something, uh, you something said, splashy. Like who? I was saying, what's Cleveland's? Uh, oh, uh, I, was, David I, I, was, I was about to say the same thing. David, David Joku from Cleveland is love it. Or even uh, the the guy out of uh, out of uh, Miami. I think he's coming up on his um, and coming into free agency too. Gasecki, Gasecki, yes, Mike Gasecki. Any any of them, any good pass catching wide receiver that needs to either be signed in free agency or we need to be drafting one. If pass catching tight end. What did I say? I would like to point out we Why had one on the roster, but then we traded 
him for CJ Henderson. I, I didn't. I wasn't mad with that. I wasn't mad with that because um, there was something about him when we picked him up from Jacksonville where I was just like, mm, I'd like the whole Darnold Arnold thing, um, but I, I wasn't a believer in his, and he he really didn't have a great season when we did trade him away, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Anyway, so um, and then the it seems like our DNA is um, we're we're at our best whenever we have a solid and quality tight end uh, to anchor stuff too and to kind of protect our offense in a lot of ways. Shout out to Shockey. Shout out to Olsen. Mm -hmm. And if I got to see your boy running up and down that, what's our tight end now? Um, That don't know how to pass. uh, I mean, not how to catch no passes. Tommy Tremble? Ian Ian Thomas. Ian, no hands Thomas. Oh my goodness. Me me and my friend call him um, Brick Hands. Listen, cinder block hands is what what y'all ought to call him. But nonetheless, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the cap is applied differently through different teams and in their different situations. So, uh, good good football yet still to come, folks. Well, gentlemen, it's been a wonderful, wonderful episode. I appreciate you. Uh, Got to once again give a shout out to my guy E. Tyner for joining in. Anything you want to holler at the people before you slide out of here, Eric? Um, uh. I don't necessarily have anything personal to say, but I hope y'all enjoy y'all's um, Pro Bowl weekend. I don't know if I'll be back on here before the Super Bowl, but I hope everybody enjoys the Pro Bowl this weekend and that flag football game going on. Um, hope everybody has a great week in your own personal lives. And, uh, of course, it's always um, been fun to be on here tonight with you two fellas. My guy, DJ Highstar, anything you want to holler to people, man? Um, again, yeah, condolences definitely, Eric, to your peoples. Um, appreciate you coming on today as well. Um, also wanted to really give a quick uh, rest in peace to the legend. Um, I know, Eric, you said we don't talk about hockey too much, but uh, the legend Bobby Hull, uh, Chicago Blackhawks legend, uh, passed away. I just wanted to mention, and we normally play I Get Money uh, by 50, this is something where we could, and I know this is on the spot, so you could get I get money, but I would, I would request normally Johnny Kemp just got paid because it's an old school got paid song. But nevertheless, um, he was actually <laughs> the first player in NHL history to secure a million dollar contract in 1972. Uh, so the contract was for ten years, one point seven five million dollars. You know what I mean? $175,000 a year. And he was balling. <laughs> Listen, first million dollar contract in the NHL. But yeah, shout out to the legend, man. The legend, Bobby Hall. Did you uh, rock with Bobby Hall at all, uh, E-Tiner? I mean, um, as far as like highlights and stuff or like just respecting his legacy or whatnot. We weren't old enough to. Right. Well, I mean, it was more like respecting the legacy type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky was, was one of the first um, hockey players that made me even start looking at the game. And the only reason I even knew who he was was there's a cartoon that came out when I was a kid that had Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Wayne Gretzky as cartoons. And they were crime-fighting superheroes um, who transformed <laughs> from their daytime. <laughs> I got to look it up because y'all are looking at me like... Uh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that was probably the King's Wayne Gretzky because the Rangers grabbed him after all of his you know, superstardom out there in L.A. or whatever. Like, yeah. That. Was it Pro Stars? Was that the name um, of Fun fact, you, you know the Pops, like the little 
the little mm-hmm. figures with the giant heads. Mm-hmm. So um, got a couple. One of my friends uh, who lives in Florida, he has a bunch of pops, and him and his dad have this collection war of who can collect the cooler and more pops or whatever. And I used to live with this friend. So um, he got me into collecting pops for a little bit. And I had gotten this Wayne Gretzky pop. And I thought I was about to make a bunch of money because on the box, there was a misprint. And I started calling him Wanye Gretzky. <laughs> was on the box, the Y came before the E. And uh, I got excited, thought it was a misprint. And I was going to make a bunch of money off this pop. But no, nah, it, it, it just happened like that on all of them. <laughs> And I was right. The name of the show was Pro Stars. Three of the most famous sports stars of the day. Basketball star Michael Jordan, hockey star Wayne Gretzky, and baseball star Bo Jackson team up to respond to emergencies around the world. One season, 13 episodes, man. So shout out to Pro <laughs> Stars and, and, and getting your boy into hockey. Uh, just before we head out, folks, if you are in the Charleston, South Carolina area, Come and meet us out. Your, my, uh, yours truly and DJ High Star will be at the High Star Hoops event being uh, taking place at North Charleston High School. Some of the teams that's going to be out there include the High Star Hoop Squad, James Allen High, Shakora Park, uh, Shakora, Miners to Majors, Swamp Foxes, and a lot of your others. There's going to be a three points competition, a skills challenge, cheer competition, as well as the All-Star Game. So again, if you are in the Charleston, South Carolina area, Come pull up to North Charleston High School this Saturday, February the 4th. Uh, We'll be out there from 11 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. broadcasting for the High Star Hoops Tournament and Championship All-Star Challenge. So, again, we look forward to it. Appreciate you guys once again for joining us this week. As always, thank you guys for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Hey, next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, you can email us on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Until next time, as always, peace.